Hello everyone and welcome to the AstroPH Daily Review podcast by Mikhail Lysakov, episode 15. Today is still 2020, November 13, and today my table is a paper by Travis Fisher with co-authors entitled Fundamental Reference Agent Monitoring Experiment, Frame X, Part 1. Jumping out of the plane with the VLBA. And first my two cents on the title. Once I was told by a marketing specialist that adding X or Z to the project name uh, makes it more attractive and uh, helps people uh, more easily to remember it. And this is exactly the case with this frame X, where X is actually redundant for the acronym, but it sounds great, frame X. And the second point is, I'm so upset that uh, Sophia cannot be used for these kind of studies. Because a title like Jumping Out of the Plane with Sophia would be exactly to the point. So let's read the abstract. We present the first results from the Fundamental Reference AGN Monitoring Experiment, Frame X, an observational campaign dedicated to understanding the physical processes that affect the apparent positions and morphologies of AGNs. In this work, we obtained simultaneous swift X-ray telescope and very long baseline array radio observations for a snapshot campaign of 25 local agents that form a volume-complete sample with hard X-ray luminosities above 10 to the 42nd power ergs per second out to a distance of 40 megaparsecs. Uh, despite achieving an observation depth of approximately 20 microjunskis, we find that 16 of 25 agents in our sample are not detected with the VLBI on milli-arc-second subparsic scales and the corresponding core radioluminosity upper limits are systematically below predictions from the fundamental plane of black hole activity. Using archival Jansky VLA radio measurements, our sample jumps back onto the fundamental plane, suggesting that extended radio emission is responsible for the apparent correlation between radio emission, X-ray emission and black hole mass. We suggest that this discrepancy is likely due to extranuclear radio emission produced via interactions between the AGN and host environment. We compare VLBA observations of AGNs to VLA observations of nearby galactic black holes and we find a mass-independent correlation between radio and X-ray luminosities of black holes of um, approximately 10 to the minus 6th power, in line with predictions for coronal emission, but allowing for the possibility of truly radio-silent AGNs. So, as far as I understood, the main goal of this FrameX project is to uh, find a correspondence between different AGN phenomena and the way how they affect the apparent position of this AGN at different wavelengths. I would rephrase the goal this way. Um, when looking at a particular AGN, where does most of emission in different bands come from? So where's the peak in X-rays, where's the peak in radio, uh, where's the peak in other bands? The authors suspect that uh, they would need a superior angular resolution to probe the finest scales of AGN and that's why the authors have uh, selected a proper technique for this. Very long baseline interferometry. The paper contains a lot of details on how uh, the authors have selected their sample, how they mitigate different biases and all the details on the data reduction and analysis. When planning their observations, the authors have estimated thermal noise for one hour on source integration time, which was uh, 23 microjunskis per beam for VLBA. 
With this setup, the authors have ended with only 9 detections out of 25 sources, which apparently was a surprise for them. In fact, the RMS measured directly from their maps is usually 2 to 4 times larger than the expected value. I wonder if the authors are going to modify their strategy for the upcoming observations. The authors decided to check uh, if there is any flux on larger scales for these VLBA non-detections. They have analyzed archival VLA data and found almost all of the non-detected VLBA sources on their VLA maps, thanks to the better sensitivity of VLA uh, for the extended emission. And it brings us to one of the main plots in this paper, namely the fundamental plane, which has a mixture of X-ray luminosity and black hole mass on the X-axis and um, radio luminosity on the Y-axis. All the upper limits on the radio luminosity from VLBA non-detections lie below the main sequence on this plane. And when the VLA luminosity is considered, all the detected sources are nicely aligned uh, with the main sequence on this plane. And when the authors have removed the dependency on the black hole mass from this relation and also added some measurements of the galactic black holes, it became apparent that the sources from their sample are better aligned with galactic black holes rather than supermassive black holes in other galaxies, which means they are in general less luminous in radio bands than other AGNs. As a last resort to find any traces of radio emission on subparsic scales, the authors have considered even a hot corona around uh, the black hole, which could also be a source of synchrotron radiation. But apparently nothing was detected, even though it was expected to detect some uh, coronal emission. So the authors finally conclude that a subsample of uh, their target sources may be really radio silent agent, with no radio emission neither from the jet, neither from the corona. It would be great to confirm this with the future dedicated high sensitivity observations. Given that there are many sources in the sample with VLA detections but VLBA non-detections, I wonder why authors uh, don't even speculate on the topic of switching off the jet. Like the jet that was there in the past has uh, produced this large-scale structure, but now it is switched off and we cannot see anything. So the bottom line is that uh, some agents are apparently more timid in radio bands than actually expected. And it is still a question why it happens so. And I wish authors all the best luck with this project. And I wish you all a nice and refreshing weekend. See you next week.